Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget that I have three other podcasts, From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday, Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday, and Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday and looks at the building of the Transcontinental Railway. All are available on all podcast platforms. I make all of these podcasts full-time. I do the writing, the research, everything. So, if you like, any kind of donation or help along the way helps keep it all going, and I truly do appreciate it. As well, if you want, you can review the podcasts, and I'll make sure that I mention you on the air, depending on which podcast that you give a review for. If you like, you can email me at craig at You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G, B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Today I'm speaking with celebrated Canadian folk singer Craig Cardiff. He's released 16 albums over the course of his career since 1992. He's been nominated for Juno Awards and Canadian Folk Music Awards. And today I'm talking to him because he recently released a brand new album and a new song called All This Time Running. We talk about his album, the song, and much more. So let's get right to it. First, how have you been over the past year? COVID, all of that? How have you been dealing with all that? Good. I feel really lucky. Like I, uh, when I was up in James Bay, so near the Polar Bear National Park, um, and I was working and performing up there. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, speaking with my friend and I'm like, just because when you're in the work, like when you're mm-hmm. working with schools or you're performing, you're not always, you, like you, you untether a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was just like watching stuff happen. I'm like, can somebody confirm or deny that I'm like not reading a Beaverton article that's out of control? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was to be in that, this beautiful remote place in Chassaspe, Quebec, and then to be there and watching from away. And then suddenly people were wearing masks. And a few of the students who worked at, you know, one of the two general stores were like, everybody bought everything yesterday. Like they're worried about supply. And I'm like... Mm-hmm and then and then flying back and empty and then landing in Montreal and everything was normal and then the highway was empty going back it was just strange and so the whole um the whole year uh we finished the album so let's celebrate the 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 positives we had Mm -hmm. uh scheduled to work on the album kind of end of January to April we booked studio time and that obviously shifted and so there's this moment of like well Will this be the album that I never got, you know, as an, as the 44 year old emerging artist with my first record <laughs> that I, with a label, you know, mm-hmm. I've done everything myself. Would we not get to put this out? And the label really quickly came back and said, no, it's business as usual. Put your, you know, put your big kid pants on and like finish this record. And so all of us working, it was like, we, it's like, I keep saying this, but we were all kind of in the dark holding onto each other's jackets and mm-hmm. trying to, trying to like figure that piece out and having the work was a comfort like having a function having work was a comfort mm-hmm. and uh and yeah I'm 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 really lucky like I everybody in my family has been okay uh, uh and I know that, that there's privilege in that I've been able to work uh, more on television and film that I never never would have made time for 
mm-hmm. in the past. And, um, and I'm, I've been working with different school boards teaching remotely. And so I'm just actually between workshops right now where we have uh, three different musicians and we're going into mm-hmm. classes and writing songs with kids. And we have, you know, w- between all the school boards, probably about a thousand songs that kids have contributed to. We have a, uh, Luke Simino in Ottawa is, uh, is lends his, his, uh, band, like all the kids have their instruments at home. And so we're running <laughs> sessions and, and they're like, where's the sheet music? I'm like, I don't know, because there's no, sh- there's no sheet for it. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so all this music is getting made. And so I, I like, I think about that and I'm like, oh man, yeah. I'm so lucky. <laughs> that's really great. That's, you know, find the positives in, in a year that's been kind of crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about, um, all this time running, uh, the single specifically, um, what kind of led you to, to write the song, um, and, uh, and the process of making it. So, so the album was written, uh, summer, fall. Mm-hmm. I had just come back from touring in the U S I was lucky to open up for Justin Nazuka and we did all these U S dates. And so that kind of bites you in a different way to go back and like, Atlanta, like being warmly, warmly received in Detroit and all these cities I'd never played before, Mm -hmm. uh, just because his fans are so great. And so I, I was going down, um, on my own. So that can mean thin rooms, smaller stages. And I spent a lot of the time writing. And so I've always, like, I'm a working musician and I'm proud of that. I think there's a lot of people who are like, like, when are you going to make it? You know, like friends from high school (laughs) are like, you divide them up to like, they only they only uh, reconnected on social media once there was a, a song licensed on This Is Us. And then they were like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, what about the last 15 years? And and so there's this idea of like, it, it's, I know it's performing, but just like anybody who runs a small business, there's a fragility to it mm-hmm. when you're your own everything. And so that's where the, the start of it came from. It's like, uh, it was an investment, a decision I don't regret to keep going down the States and, and connect with fans there. And then my dad had a heart attack and I'm like, I, of course, I, of course that everything gets moved and financially I, it's going to be thin to bridge it. And I was so frustrated with myself at being in this place. Mm-hmm. And so there was that, there was the hustle of just like, like I said, right up until the end being far away and the constant movement is is a requirement it's like i feel like we're salmon sometimes like if they stop they're done mm-hmm. they need to keep moving and so all this time running is the idea of like um maybe you're already there like maybe the the idea is just to stop a little bit and i i feel like i don't know i, I think musicians can have lots of opinions about lots of things mm-hmm. but during this um and we shouldn't pay attention to all them but during this time we can see things kind of in amber, everything stopped. And we can kind of like look around how our lives have been, were, and turn them different ways and ask if we want to go back to it that way, or maybe we won't be able to even, it's just the reality of it. And all this time running tries to tie all those ideas in of like heart quest. I don't know. That's, that's my best answer. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, and this is your, uh, your debut on True North Records. What was it like to kind of work with a, a label and, and put out the record uh, uh, through them? I mean, so 
the problem with doing everything on your own is that you, you think you know everything. <laughs> oh, I'm being honest. Like, I, oh no, I, absolutely, yeah. Like, I got used. I got used to. I, I I'm lucky to work with Tom Serig, who's my manager. He like worked with Lou Reed. He worked like he's worked with several amazing artists, and I feel lucky to have his uh, partnership. And so, in working with a label, uh, a really good friend. Jordan Percival was like championing me to Jeff. And so I guess the piece for me that I appreciated, as I said before, was like when any other business, it's a fair expectation that things are going to fall apart or fall through. And I was just trying to be realistic. I know that's not what the, the contract might have said or what it was discussed mm -hmm. or written, but like it's a pandemic and it wasn't every two weeks. And so for them, so I was grateful for somebody to be like, uh, no keep like we're doing this like we're putting this album out it's a really it's an important album and we believe in it and in my mind i'm like how are we gonna <laughs> i'm a working musician i what i bring to you is somebody who's uh who loves touring like i genuinely in, enjoy performing and i i can accommodate lots of travel and i i'm not i'm not too good for anything like the idea of like well no this is important we should try to do this this type of show or that type of show. And I wasn't able to give that to them anymore. So that was great. Um, the reach, like to be able to speak with people like yourself or just having that organized mm -hmm. is blowing me away. Like I've, I've always relied on fans. Like any of the licensing placements I've got outside of the NBC one, it's always been fans who are like, you came and played at my campus dorm or you were part of this event when I was this and I know I'm the music supervisor and I, I love this song. Can we like that kind of help has always been yep. fan driven. And so this reach is great. Um, and then I get, I, I've never had somebody tell me no. And so I, I took some songs off in weird, pretty weird directions. Like I have this massive horn arrangement version of moon that I just went too far on. I think I was like, I, I didn't know that everybody else was leaving the concert and I was like, rocking out to it and then when I finished and I brought it back to them they're like Craig you're not a, a swing band this is not a brass band album and I'm like I know <laughs> listen to the song <laughs> and so they were gracious and compromised they was like well we have the song stands on its own legs as a four chord banger and then there's this other version that is shared on the album um, and, you know, in regards to kind of finding the positives um, you, you mentioned that COVID did help you get the time to, to kind of work on the on the album and work on the on the songs and such um just tell me a bit about how COVID did impact putting everything together so we had as a previous to this people are like why did it take six years to record an album like i just didn't have time before i i was it was 150 dates a year and those a lot of those were stacked on the same day so there'd be three things in a day and then being at home connecting with family, like, like just having a, a normal life and making that the focus. Mm -hmm. And so juggling all those balls in the air, if you were to say, you know, Craig, you need to, to stop working for two months, still maintain your staff payroll and all your commitments and, uh, and focus on recording an album. And I, I would have said, I can't afford, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't afford to Craig. So I did, I mean, I did have uh, a studio at my, uh, my other house that I maintained as a, a workspace. And so I could have people come in, um, but it was for singles. And that was an, like, that was enough to kind of feed, feed the machine. And there was still a lot of success. Like mm -hmm. 
in the, in those releases. Uh, in carving out more time and being intentional, uh, I'm much happier with the result. Additionally, the extra time, and it wasn't just that, it was access. So there's so many musicians we wanted to work with and you know everybody's been threatening to work with everybody for so many years now, but it just never lined up. Mm-hmm to get them to do session work. And so out of this, everybody was at home on a snow day. And it's like, okay, so so let's figure out ways to do it. And and it gave us, I think all of us were feeling without, we wanted to be of service and provide some, fun, perform our function, right? And, and what we do is we create, create, we play, we add. And so we wanted to be doing that. And this gave us an opportunity to do that. And you could just see, you see it in students. You know, as soon, as soon as they're like engaged and like in the work and in the thing that gives them joy, their eyes light up, they're, they're sitting taller, they're like, it's like a little bit of a break from this big numb out of wondering what's going to happen. And so I'm really proud of, of how we figured out how to record remotely, of how we were dropping off little micro studios to some people's homes or arranging for drop-offs of rentals. And then... In addition, I, I mean, it makes sense that we're working with school boards now because all of that thinking and teaching work of taking artists and teaching them how to record and giving them access to software just rolled into what we're doing now. Um, so that's that's some of the impacts. What do you hope people get out of listening to the album? Uh, what kind of message do you want to get across? What do you want them to feel when they sit down to listen to to either the single or the entire album? Uh, joy, like joy, I, and that the these are all little mini movies that they're, they're like kind of falling in on. I want them to think. When I would tour, I would try to take little, silly clips of things, just to give a sense. And like Wyoming, is this like big sad horn string. Piece and it was, me landing to connect and perform for a friend's wedding and everything was buggered up because of uh, the former first lady was there and it wasn't clear why like nothing was working properly in terms of landing and mm-hmm. uh, some of that confusion uh, was, was part of it. Um, every song, I mean, every song almost is, takes place somewhere. Bryant Park, Yellowknife, Wyoming, um, Greyhound, Saskatchewan. Like, can you believe that the last Greyhound yeah. <laughs> uh, service just got pulled out like yeah you know? but that idea of like travel and mm-hmm. understanding things better when we're further away from them has the uh the lack of being able to tour has that been kind of something hard to adjust to over the past year not being able to actually be out and interacting with fans directly yeah yes very hard and i also feel like we're all tired of live streams we last like last saturday uh no offense to everybody who's doing live streams great and loves it, but I, I don't. Uh, last last Saturday, because like just like everybody else, they're like we're we regretfully announced that we're yet again moving our tour dates. Like that whole speech we're all used to seeing, we're not surprised by it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, for sure, move it ahead to next year. So we just stopped doing that with this album release, and we just did a hundred city tour. In one night and so we connected with all of the venues um, that I've worked with and I did little interviews with them leading up because uh, when I talked about the idea of, of COVID's been like a year 
given us a year in amber where we can kind of like hold our how things were up in front of our faces and move them around and see them differently i feel like that's uh not been done for venues like like people who are the people who brought us together nobody's like some people are aaron benjamin's doing a good job of it of like sound tech venue owners like all, all these people who may not come back necessarily in the same way like there's only so much takeout you can sell mm-hmm. what they did was they 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 created a church like a church without god where we could all come and and be together and uh so connecting with them and the idea of making that uh important was was a big part of last saturday like so people bought tickets through the venue so if you bought tickets from the Carlton in Halifax, we split the money with them. If you bought tickets from the, you know, Tofino Theater, Little Theater, we split money from, with them. And uh, so I was really proud of that as a as a way to like bring the spirit of it back. Um, but I want to be in person performing, mm-hmm. and it's it's strange being here in Ontario because I'm speaking with friends in the U.S. and they're like, okay, well, let's put those dates back on the calendar. And I'm like, my my kids are still out of school, and and I don't believe our. I don't believe that we're gonna they're gonna be back in school this this year. Hopefully in September, but mm-hmm. with what we know, and so having that dissonance of like, here's what it's like for me, Craig. And I'm like, it's not like that here at all. And even just like uh, work permits, like having an existing work permit. Um, I'm certain we can muddle our way through, but like all of those pieces now, I've been vaccinated once, I'll get vaccinated again. Um, I bought an RV, like I, I I purchased an RV just because some of the commitments I had, I wanna keep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable traveling by, by plane at this point, so what can I do? Well, I can drive myself there. It's gonna take four days. And that's just what it's gonna take. Mm-hmm. Uh, one question I like to ask artists uh, over the past year is, do you feel like COVID has kind of shown us the importance of arts? Uh, you know, it's helped us get through with with books, with TV shows, movies, music, but has it really shown us, you know, how important art is in our lives to, to get us through tough times? I mean, I hope that's the answer, Craig, mm-hmm. but I also feel, I also want everybody to make this promise, like working with students at these different school boards, what I'm seeing is like, how do we encourage and and confirm that music is still a thing? Like with every with everything uh, moved ahead, we're missing these like cultural milestones. So the kid who was about on like the March fifteenth, the kid who had their ticket for their first concert that didn't get to see it. How are we going to make sure that they get to see their first concert? And that like, what was your first show that you paid to see? Uh, I think it was Great Big C. And where? Uh, in Edmonton. And how old were you? Uh, I, was, I think 23. <laughs> it's amazing. And so what do you remember about the show? Um, I remember that it was uh, it was a really good show. Uh, the Who we worked for actually gave us box seats. So we were in Northlands Coliseum, and we were able to enjoy the show kind of just with our own private box, which was for a first concert was, you know, pretty, you pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was roughing it, yeah. So for first concert, it was, it was a pretty cool, uh, cool thing to to enjoy having that kind of own, own private little balcony area. I was chatting with um, a journalist here in Ottawa, and like without pause, John Fogarty, Massey Hall. The reason I bought my guitar, oh, like, geez. like those kind of impacts that we have, right? And so, 
um, I'm, that's the question is, are we valuing art more? And I would say, um, I don't, I don't see it necessarily because mm-hmm. we're all kind of numbed out. And also I think that it's hard to give and expect payment when we can't safely do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film industry has been able to, been able to, because they were shooting from the get go. And I, I think the, the audio industry, at least for, for rooms like mine, um, there is, there either is not the physical space for spreading out. Like any of the venues that I've stayed connected with who are doing shows, they're, they're not in major city centers. They've got an acre around the, the venue and they can run stuff out outdoors. And even then the amount of work to do it, it's mind boggling. Like our sound check, they were, they were, you know, so, so maybe I stand corrected. People are valuing music because they're, they're spending 10 times more effort to make it work for the artist, like to make it work for, for fans who want it. I guess for me, whatever way it goes, when we can go back to live music again, I want just everybody to promise that they're going to take their, their kids, their nieces and nephews, their like neighbors, kids out to a show, like whatever it is, like, like let's kick back up the cultural, uh, the, the cultural, uh, nor like anchor point of, Oh, well, no, of course you go see live music. Why? You don't want to listen at home. It's not like Netflix. <laughs> like it's way better. It's like eating good food. Like, Absolutely. yeah. Like let's, let's let people know that it's good food and, and, um, and encourage it. Cause I think then, then it'll get, it'll get back again. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but what's coming up for you this year uh, with, with music? If you're able to do any tours, like you said, the RV to kind of drive to some places. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so definitely touring is in the, is in the works when it's safe. Um, when that will be, uh, I'll let you know. I will be the loudest person on social media about my tours. <laughs> um, it, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm working with school boards uh, with other other musicians, hiring other musicians to do this creation work using Soundtrap. And that's been so amazing. I was supposed to be, two, year, two years ago, I was in Hong Kong uh, working with schools and performing. Uh, and then a year ago, I was supposed to be in uh, Alaska around this time. Same thing, right? Alaska's, mm-hmm. it's easier to get to Hong Kong than it is to get to Alaska from, <laughs> from, Ottawa Mm -hmm. and I think it was going to end up being like a a two hours more for a flight but if if we had had this conversation then and said well Craig like we're just going to have to do it remotely because that's what it is I would have said well let's not do it Mm -hmm. but it's not like that now so in for concerts I I miss the the reality the vibe of it this delivery works and it, it it's it's allowed myself and other musicians the opportunity to 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 still create together um for live touring i'm going to do a few more live streams um it's important to me that younger artists have an opportunity to to play that's the other thing it's it's like we've like like where's the farm league i'm 44 i'm lucky and I've, I've worked hard to like create shows and create connections with fans that's very different than having 10,000 instagram followers yeah you know like like fans are the people who who help build your career and they they you, you're both connected through a song that that you wrote and 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 so 
there's just lots of younger artists who won't have that opportunity. So I see that uh, being able to serve that or support that, and hopefully other artists will as, as well um, through through live streams and then sooner than later getting back to connecting with venues and and partnering with venues on shows and then uh, the last question if people want to find the album if they want to you know find you on social media uh website anything like that uh, where can they go they can go anywhere they buy good music is what cat <laughs> at true north has reminded me to say often because i forget so thank you <laughs> and uh they can also go to the true north website or just google craig cardiff all this time running and it comes up a million different ways because i'm really proud of this album and uh I want people to buy it. And I feel like sometimes there's this like footsie game that happens of like, well, I'm just so proud of it as an art piece. I'm like, nope, buy it, <laughs> buy it, buy it, buy it. Because that's the way that I'm going to, that the label is going to continue to be successful mm -hmm. and that I'm going to be able to continue making music. So stream it for sure, but buy it, buy it, buy it. Because it's a great album and you should. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my interview with Craig Cardiff. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can reach me through email at craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast through Patreon. There are multiple tiers to choose from, all with great benefits. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month, just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Randy Hayden. Doug Campbell. Reg W, Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Randall McCallum, Diane Wade, Laurieann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. If you want, you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.